Thanks for sharing. And so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome back to the Kiwi Foodcast. Today on the show, we're talking about cooking classes. And who better to talk about this topic than Sachi Nomura of Sachi's Kitchen. Sachi began her career in New Zealand working in luxury hotels. She decided to follow her dream and opened her studio, Sachi's Kitchen, where she teaches you how to cook Asian-inspired dishes. Over the years, she has taught cooking to over 50,000 Kiwis. We chat to her about her journey, learn what makes a great cooking class, and talk about how she sees this part of the industry evolving. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Sachi. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Um, Firstly, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really um, am very excited to talk to you about cooking classes. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. So let's uh, go to the very, very beginning. Tell us a little bit about um, growing up. Uh, Were you always a foodie? What role did food play in your life as a child? Going back to childhood, Hmm. Well, I was born and grew up in Japan, a place is called Aichi. That's the center of Japan and where the Toyota car is coming from. And uh, was I foodie? Well, I always do enjoy, I did enjoy food since when I was a little. Or more of that, I enjoyed a company when I had a food with. And I always, we always had somebody at home, like all the visitors um, came to our place and my mom was always, you know, the, I give them an option and say, hey, like, would you like to um, stay over for lunch or have a cup of tea or dinner? So it's, it was just like a food equal people kind of thing yes. when I grew up. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really nice. And I think um, a lot of people recognize with that because so much of like at least for me, so much of my childhood memories, like you said, are around people mm. and associated with food. Like, um, you know, a lot of people ask Indians often that, oh, do you have the ceremony? What happens here? And the ceremony, what happens there? And mm. often I'm just like, yeah, a lot of people come and then we eat food. And like, <laughs> then always like, that's the central bit. <laughs> I think you can't disconnect the people and the food, you know, we, we always have to eat, right? You know, to yeah. survive. Food is essential. So, um, but yeah, I think this, when I think about it for the last, looking back 40 years, we, I always have a memory of people with food. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good <laughs> and always, thing. And always tastes better when there's more people around. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about when you came to New Zealand. Um, what were you doing before? When did you come? What were you doing when you first got here? So I was 18 when I came to New Zealand and fresh graduate from high school. And I just didn't want to go to university over there in Japan. So my parents gave me um, a chance to come to New Zealand for the t- only two years just to okay. learn how to speak English because I couldn't speak any English when I arrived So I went to language school and I was very curious, you know, I enjoyed the people, I enjoyed the food, I enjoyed the sceneries and all of that. Um, But I was surprised about the size of Mm. 
vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um, you know, this is this is really curious because um, so I've lived in New Zealand. Um, I maybe came here when I was fourteen or fifteen, but I was surprised by this when I went to um, America. Well, I went to Canada for my student exchange yeah. and um, that was the same thing over there. Like the onion is even bigger. I'm telling you, it's bigger <laughs> than what it is in New Zealand. It was like that big. <laughs> and um, yeah, it took, I, I remember I used to just buy like the one onion because it was just me and it would take me, even though a lot of Indian food uses onion yeah. for like every, every yeah. meal. Yeah. It would still take me like a good four days to like get through <laughs> one onion. Very economical, very economical. Because my my dad, he he used to work for Toyota, but they retired and they bought a house in the west coast, and so they're surrounded by where where we live now is surrounded by mountain at the back and then the ocean in the front, and he's got a massive field of the veggie garden right so every time when i go back in the summertime over there to give him hands we we just take all of the veggies out of this um the stems and all the cupskin the size of cupskin is just the size of the egg right but here in new zealand is just what the size of what an apple (laughs) so um the first thing that i did and i remember clearly was to take a picture of the yellow cupskin (laughs) <laughs> that's what I did at Pack and Save and I got told off not to take a picture <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is really funny um, so what were you in work wise you finished your kind of like your two years of study and then what, what were you doing over here so I I went to uh, okay so language school to learn how to speak English first for about a 10 month and I managed to go into university lucky and I studied there for three years so after that, I had a, a career in hospitality industry for nine years, just before starting up the Sarchi's Kitchen. So okay. one before the Sarchi's Kitchen was in the hotel, and I was okay. in the sales. And what happened was, it happened in a one day. I went into a hotel, right? And then they say, good morning, good morning. And somebody was crying, and I go, what happened? And say... She goes, oh, my, my friend just passed away and the funeral is in a couple of days. And I go, oh, sorry about, sorry to hear that. And uh, how, how did he pass away? And she goes, oh, he was 45 and uh, he just dropped dead, heart attack. And I go, wow, oh, my goodness, you know, yeah. sorry yeah. to hear that. And then life, you know, the day carried on. In afternoon, I had a, another colleague saying the same thing oh and say gosh. she's going to the funeral for – not the same person, but the different person, 42 years old, male, dropped dead, heart attack today. So I go, whoa, that was a light bulb moment for me and say, oh, what if I die tomorrow? Mm. Do I have any regrets? Or is there any list of the things that I need, wanted to achieve before I go? And so on the day I went back home and went into the office or, you know, the study room and then draw the mind map. You know, just an A4 piece of paper, plain paper, and with yeah. a pen. And I just let my mind flow and see what do I want it to do? What what kind of skill set do I have? What do I want it to do? What do I enjoy doing it? And I love talking to people. Yep. And uh, that's why I was in sales. And I love food. Food is my passion. I love cooking, but also I love enjoying the food or eating the food with other people. And, but I've been trained up by the chefs for over the, over the 10 years. And I go, and I've been cooking since when I was seven. So I know how to cook food. 
And yeah. I've been traveling a lot in Asia, so I know Asian food too. So I was like, okay, easy. I'm going to teach people how to make food. Yeah. Because I had a, quite a few friends come out, came over all the time saying, Asachi, um, how do you make this? How do you make that? Oh, how did you do this? And there was a lot of questions back then. So I thought, okay, let's set it up the business and teach people how to cook properly. And then I thought, how do I, how do I call my business? It's my, oh, well, it's my kitchen. So it's Sachi's Kitchen, simple enough. It's catchy <laughs> name. That's how I started Oh, wow. Um, I mean, that's that's a lovely story. And a couple of threads I want to pick up because you said you started Sachi's Kitchen around 2010. This is what we're talking. Yeah. Um, and obviously you focus predominantly on Asian food. But at least the way I remember New Zealand in 2010, um, maybe people just kind of thought about Asian food as Chinese food, like it was Chinese there was Japanese sushi, like, um, you know, that awareness that I feel is there about Asian food now, um, potentially wasn't there 10 years ago. It was that your perception? Yeah. Um, it was just a tipping point, like in a turning point that I, that's what yeah. I felt about 10 years ago. The timing was perfect. A lot of people started to travel overseas, especially for Southeast Asia. So yes. those people go, you know, travel to those different places and enjoy the local food and the flavors and those bursts into the mouth and excitement. They all experienced over there in Southeast Asia and then started to come back. And so a lot of people started to think that, oh, I like Asian food. So it wasn't not only sushi and Chinese takeaway, but it's a lot more than that. That was just the beginning of transition. Yep. Yep. And over the 10 years, well, I started to see that the food trends, a lot of chefs, I know a lot of friends uh, in, in the kitchen, and they started to cooperate um, the Asian ingredients and the flavors into their, you know, kiwi uh, mm. uh, flavor, and ended yeah. up becoming a fusion. And now when you go out to the restaurant, it's quite a, you know, easy spotting, oh, there's a yuzu sorbet to a kaffir lime, blah, blah, to lemongrass, you know, it's quite common for their chef to use those ingredients so it's getting more and more common nowadays but back then yes. it, it was just the beginning I think yeah so take me back to the beginning so you started Sachi's Kitchen and where were you doing those cooking classes at the very beginning was that at your home or so you know that a commercial kitchen <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the 10 years ago so going back to the, the day that I done the brainstorming so I took that note to my husband that day and goes, this is what happened at the office. Mm -hmm. Two people dropped it. And um, this is my dream board. This is what I wanted to do for at least next 10 years. And But there's a, a bit of a problem. And he goes, what is that? And he, I said, well, I kind of have to quit my job. <laughs> just a yeah, just, just a little problem. I just need to leave my job to proceed and 100% give a focus to this business. And the response was positive. He said, oh, go ahead. Mm. And he said that I will give you, I'll give you a deal. I'll give you one year. Mm. Yeah, one year. If this one doesn't take off, if this one doesn't take off, then all you need to do is you need to find a job mm. at the end of one year. Yeah. If it does, carry on. So that was a good deal. And I said, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> Shook a hand <laughs> and never turned back. And then where I started, well, literally I had a computer in my home. 
So I thought, okay, I created a website, free, right? Free website. And um, I started at home. Started to host uh, um, cooking classes and then a bit of the events. But within the three years, three months, I quickly booked out myself and I go, oh, okay. I think I need to have a bigger venue. And then um, that was, I remember, it was in the middle of recession. Mm. And lucky for me, that all of the venue, like most of the venues are available, like, you know, the tenancy wise. So I had a lot of choices of venue or my, my site. And then I went around and had a look with my friends. What about this? What about that? And then run the numbers and see what's my risk. Yep. What if nobody comes to a cooking school? What's my risk and responsibility? So I run the numbers and then I took a jump. Yeah, okay. after three months. Wow, that that's really quick. And um, when you did those initial classes, how did, how did you get the word out? Like, was it just, I guess, because you'd been in the hospitality industry, did you already have the networks of people that wanted to come to your classes and learn? Did you start a blog? How did you get the word out on those initial days? Okay, so initial days, what did I do? I don't know. People find me. <laughs> So that, that was a plan. Was, but to be fair, back then it was very easy to come to the top of Google, and also content marketing wasn't really a thing. Um, everyone didn't have a blog, so um, it's sometimes difficult to think that was just ten years ago. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It was. I, I thought. I thought about that question at the very beginning for the first three months. I don't know how people found me. Mm. I didn't really have a large network or anything, but I think it was just a word of mouth. So I just start telling my, uh, I told my corporate client that I, this is what I'm doing. And then a lot of people laughed at it, but then, hey, look, just, you know, I just wanted to do it. So I'm going to carry on, whatever you think. And then just word of mouth, people started to talk about it. And then that, that was enough for me to carry on because I was doing everything, including yeah. taking a book in marketing, um, going out for grocery shopping, set things up, prepping work, teaching people how to do it, cleaning up, invoicing, send the recipe, all all in one, you know, everything yeah. I was doing by myself. So that was enough for me. But when I opened the door at Sachi's Kitchen in Parnell, Auckland, right, what I did is how do I, how, how can people find me? And then my answer was, Ah, simple, media. Let's use yeah. media power. Yeah. So I wrote it down on the mind map. I said TV, radio, magazine, and that's what I wrote. Mm. And it's just a lot of the attractions. When when I write things, it's just attract those things. My husband started to meet, bump into the person that I, who, who runs the radio stations. Uh, okay. And then I, I got, got into the radio like following mm. week to wow. I launched when I launched my cooking school in Parnell I had a launch party and I kind of had the media and people who are key key people but uh, you know editors and all of that but that list quickly grew to double so originally yeah. I was going to have one session for 40 people but ended up having 80 people Wow. So I had to divide it into two. So from there, a lot of magazines people, thankfully, they said that it was unique back then. Mm. Yeah. Uh, female starting up the business um, from nothing, 
to um, Asian woman to uh, Asian cooking school. You know, yep. there was a cooking school for, you know, Kiwi food or European food, but then there wasn't any Asian focused yep. cooking school. So that was something unique for them to talk yeah. about. So I quickly had, you know, quite a bit of the exposure through them. And then that's just a word gets out. That's that's really amazing. And I like the what you said around the media, because that is actually like an intentional decision that you made, right? And I feel like when it's done right, um, it can actually prove, uh, get you those results, like, mm. like you saw. Um, because if someone does go to your website, you're right, like, you've got pages and pages of media coverage. Um, obviously, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of like input. You do have to work with those journalists a lot and give them what they need. But um, I feel it does get those results. So um, I kind of really identify with that, with that point that you um, shared there. So tell me, like, when did you decide to do your TV show? And what was the motivation behind that? When did I decide to do a TV show? I didn't decide. It came through. <laughs> it came through the door. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so the production or the producer came through the door one day. So that was a year, I think it was a year one. Okay. Soon after I opened the door, producer came through the door. And then he said that I wanted to have a look at the kitchen. I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I totally thought that they wanted to hire a venue you know, for their productions, which is fine by me, you know, feel free to use the location that's there. And then he liked the venue and I say, okay, when um, would you like to book the venue? And he goes, oh, can I talk to you? I say, sure. Um, Thinking of making a TV show and how do you feel about, um, you know, how do you feel about making a TV show with us? And I say, oh, that's great. Um, uh, what do you want me to do with the venue? Do you want to change a few things? He goes, no, 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 you in it. Oh. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's a different question. I didn't think about that. And then I said, well, going on to the TV, people will see me. I just need to check with my husband to see, making sure that he's okay with that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, my husband said, yeah, go ahead. And um, it will be a great media co- coverage anyway. Yeah, and then I said, "Sure, why not?" So I didn't hunt for the opportunity, but opportunity came to me, and then I yep. grabbed the opportunity. Oh, that's mm. that's really nice. But um, you know, I read this thing recently, which says that um, hard work puts you on the road where opportunity finds you, and I find that that's really kind of a profound in a way like you know sometimes we kind of go like yeah I just got lucky um and you know like these opportunities found me but it's also because you put in the hard yards um you know (laughs) to me it's like um opportunity for me right opportunities are everywhere for anyone to grab yeah you know whatever the stage you are in opportunities are around you it's just that if you're not ready you won't be able to grab it you will miss yeah. the boat. And I'll yeah. go, oh, that was opportunity. There you go. I missed it. You know, you, you will see it later. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's like I learned to be able to ready when the opportunity rise and then just grab quickly. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess, yeah. I don't know what I was making a point on, but yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> that's, 
that's, that's useful. So let's go back to your cooking classes. So tell me, um, how have your cooking classes evolved since those early days? Like what has changed or what have you kept the same? How was the format back then and how's the format now? Format hasn't been changed um, really um, from from the beginning. But when I started cooking school, I started with Japanese cooking classes. So I had a six different Japanese cooking classes that people can choose from because I was born and grew up in Japan, lived there for 18 years. Makes sense for me to do Japanese cooking classes, which I enjoy. But eventually, a lot of people started to go out overseas, to go to visit Malaysia, Singapore, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, and different places. And then, um, I used to travel every three months to Asia. So that's where I get the inspiration from. And obviously I do have auntie, uncles lives over there as well. And a friends lives in different places. So I have a, a lot of opportunity to go and visit different Asian countries and where I develop my flavors and the skill sets from. So I quickly learned, okay, I think we just need to expand the range, not only Japanese focus, but how about just increasing that to Asian so um, we started to give more opportunities or options for people who wanted to come and learn. Some people like to learn Japanese, but some people like to learn Indian and Malaysian. Some people like to learn Chinese and Korean. So people have got a different, you know, interest. Yep. So I yep. just want to give them um, the full set. Of the seven different countries that we do now. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that, that's really nice. And I guess, and that's a great way of also retaining the people who do come with you and experience a cooking class, right? Mm. Like, I mean, obviously they, they often say in business, like your repeat customers, mm -hmm. they're the best ones. They'll kind of keep coming back. Mm. Um, and if you have that range, then there's something there. Like if you've done a Japanese class, you can still come back and do a Vietnamese one or do a Malaysian one. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I, I guess that helps. Um, now, I wanted to ask you also that, you know, every business is an evolution. And when I was kind of prepping for this episode, um, I saw that you've done so much, like you've written articles, you've had a TV show, you've had meal kits. Um, is there something that you tried that did not work? Hmm. No, no. That's good. <laughs> a very good hit rate. Um, uh, whatever I think you do with your mind mapping exercise as well. Yeah, so whatever I write, it's just a power of the writing. Whatever I write, whatever I put the focus on, it does happen. So yeah. <laughs> um, in front of my my computer, so I have a wall and yeah. I have, it's like a mind map kind of thing that I, I wanted to attract. I wanted to, where I wanted to be what I wanted to do. I just put that on my, you know, calendar, a yearly calendar, and it just does happen. <laughs> so <laughs> something hasn't happened. I don't know. Uh, there might Is be something, something, but I haven't really paying attention to those, something that didn't happen. I just kind of keep forgetting those and focusing on something it's happening right now yeah. or in the future. Yeah. So there must be yeah. something, but yeah, I can't remember. And if there was something that you had to like do differently, like say, if I could go back you mean yeah if you if you could go back and it was like 2010 again would you do something differently I don't think so because that okay so I, I do have a lot of things I have been doing a lot of things for the last 10 years and then it's not an easy road it wasn't an easy road 
there was a lot of obstacles and a lot of challenges and it's just challenge you to yep. give up, you know, but I just don't. Um, I'm just going to carry on and I take it as a journey and I'm trying to enjoy the journey to get where I wanted to be. Yep. So whatever I experienced in this last 10 years, I wouldn't change the thing. I prefer that, oh, I would have known that would be better. I would make a better choice. But then if I did, I wouldn't learn the things that I needed to learn back then. So yep. I wouldn't change yep. even if I go back, I don't think. Because that's, that's a skill set that I needed to learn at that time. So, yeah. That's really interesting and um, kind of reminds me of a conversation I had with my husband because um, so he we were in a long distance relationship and he never wanted to move to New Zealand back then mm. when we were dating. So I moved to India and we only just moved back to New Zealand maybe 2019. And, um, you know, already in a year, he's kind of seen how great New Zealand is. And, you know, sometimes we talk about like, oh, you know, what if he had just come like, listen to me, mm. like you should always listen to your wife. Mm. No, <laughs> but, um, you know, like come back then to New Zealand. Um, and then we were talking and we were like, but actually, no, like that decision meant that, you know, all the stuff we achieved, like I fell in love with Indian flavors there and I learned how to have a food blog in India. And maybe I wouldn't have had those things if, you know, I had never gone there. Mm. So I, I think it just, every kind of dot connects to, um, where you're at right now and each experience plays that part so because mm, yeah. that's that's that apply for anything and in everything in my term say so my mum used to say nothing is waste mm. okay nothing is waste you might think that oh this is just waste of time but it's actually nothing is is wasted and then there's a something if you're facing challenge there's something that you need to learn there then yeah. you will move on so that I always had in mind so when I when I was a university student, I thought, oh, this is just wasting my time for three years stuck in the university. But then, you know, the important lesson is to when you start something, you complete it. Yeah. That's a good skills to have, and that's important skills to have because easy to start something but not finishing it or yeah. delay finishing it. So, yeah. Yeah, and group assignments, how to work with people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Socializing with the people. <laughs> um, so another question I had was, I guess, the last year has been a time of evolution for a lot of people. And, you know, the business you are in of cooking classes, it's so face-to-face. -face. It relies on that personal interaction of, you know, you kind of teaching someone hands-on how to cook. How how did the pandemic affect that? Like, did it affect it? Like, are there some key lessons that you can share with us? Yes, yeah, big time. Big time got affected because we are in the hospitality and entertainment game. Yeah. So if people don't come to a cooking school, we are out of the business, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yes, we, we have been affected quite a big time and it was a painful. But, you know, it's the good thing is that not only us, everybody's mm -hmm. on the same boat. Yep. Whether you're a small business or a large business, everybody's on the same boat. So to me was, okay, when, when the things get bad, well, I, I always remember and I always say to my husband and we talk about is pressures creates diamond. Pressure mm -hmm. creates diamond. So you can mourn about it, complaining about it, <laughs> and then not to do anything about it, 
and they're gonna sink. Or yep. yes, you can mourn for a minute, and then it's just okay. How do you use this opportunity? And then what can you do? What do you need to change to move forward? Mm. So we beginning of this year, it was interesting. Tail end of last year, December. I always have a goal setting for a year, right? So 2021. When I think about a 2021, one word stuck on my head, which was virtual. Mm. So virtual in a way that is just, I don't know what it was, but then I feel like my mood started to go off with, I think I need to be in virtual, virtual cooking class or virtual events online. It's where there is, you know, the people are like, you know, during the pandemic, people won't be able to come, but they can still connect it to us and then can still enjoy the food and the people. But now it's going global basis, right? Because it's virtual, yeah. online, hello world. Yep. So when I said the word virtual in December, one business came through to our door. I say from Australia, guys, Sachi, do you guys do any virtual cooking events? I don't know. <laughs> Good thing that you said. We were just talking about it. Oh, I was just thinking about it last week. Yes, of course we can. And uh, back then, I didn't know how to do it. But then I thought, yes, I can do it. Let's get on. And then we we done it for Diwali, actually. And then it went really, really good for 80 people. That's what I did. That That's what we did. And then I go, I'm still thinking about a virtual. And then another query came from New York out of blue. A museum of food and drink oh, uh, wow. from Brooklyn, New York. They said that, oh, Sachi, would you like to be? Uh, would you like to come on to the um, the live stream show uh, and then do our cooking demonstrations? I said, sure, because I put the word <laughs> virtual. So there you go. The universe will bring me the work. <laughs> so I said that, yeah, absolutely. Um, it sounds really fun, and then let's figure out how to do this. And then that was the last week, and now I had about 150. We had 150 people wow, connected. That's amazing. And so it's. And so was that you just cooking, doing like a cooking demonstration? Um, so that was, there was about people? five people participated. So everyone mm-hmm. had got a different skill set. The cooking was, yeah. cooking segment was me. And then uh, one person was a master of the knife blades, the other person was um, kabuki master, and the one person. You, you know, from New York, and then all sorts of different people came into the show and a live stream into New Yorkers. Um, yeah, so from there, our first, very first uh, virtual cooking class from Sarge's Kitchen is happening in April, April the 19th. Oh, wow. So That's from amazing. there, see how we go, and then the, we just gonna run for the, until okay. the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now the door is um, not only Auckland, but to the world. So- so one, I need to like get a photo of your mind map because now I'm very inspired to like have this kind of mind map above my computer because it feels like whatever you put there, it happens. It does. <laughs> so, you just need yeah. to, um, but you need to believe in, believe in that. So I, one of my f- friends challenged me. Yeah, key to success is to have a, a lot of, you know, successful business people around you and to support yeah. you when the time is tough uh, like this now. He's challenged me and said, Sachi, you don't believe in the power of writing, do you? I said, I don't. Because yeah. if I write anything that I want and things happen, everybody does that. 
Yeah. Right. Everybody will do. Everybody they will write it down what they want and then they can have it. That's not possible. And he said, okay, you challenge me then. You prove me wrong. So he yeah. said, that, okay, Sachi, this is what we're going to do. Oh, can we talk about this topic? Or is it off topic? No, no, no. We can talk about okay, it. Cool. I just, um, I'm really interested. Like, <laughs> and uh, this is so important when it comes to like, you know, starting your business and also more than starting. Like, I think like what you'd said there, everyone can start, but how do you continue? How do you like keep at it? Yeah. So what he said was, oh, you can do all your friends can do or people who are listening to the podcast can do. So he said that, Sachi, okay, just imagine that year later. So now today's day is 19th of March, 2021. Imagine that 19th of March, 2022. Yep. Imagine in your head where you wanted to be. Where are you? Who are you? Who are you with? Where do you live? What are you doing? Imagine whatever you wanted to be. Just imagine that. I was like, okay, I did. He goes, okay, now have a diary. Write it down. Put the dates on it. Today, it is the 19th of March, 2022. I'm so happy because I have blah, blah, blah. So you just write a diary, right? But in the present tense. Yep. And then uh, what I did is I listed all, all the things that I want to happen by then. And then I said, I've done it. He goes, okay, now write it down 100 times. Yeah. I wonder why you can change your goals. It might change, it might stay, um, stay the same. It doesn't matter. Write 100 times. I said, mm. sure, I will. And then <laughs> I did. And I kind of, I finished it and I kind of forget, I forgot about the book. And when I moved to a new, new place, an apartment, I opened the box and I found the book. Yeah. And I said, oh, I remember this. And I did the 100 writing. And I started to read the book and I go, I had a goosebump. I oh, wow. listed five uh, goals that I wanted to achieve by that time frame and then described like, I'm so happy because I'm living in the in a three-bedroom apartment it's located op- right opposite to the sea. I can smell the breeze and I can smell the fresh coffee and so and so, right? Yeah. Everything came true. I was wow. living in a Kohimarama, three-bedroom apartment just across the road. <laughs> and like yeah yeah i'm so happy and then i listed five goals and i ticked it all up before the dates that i put down wow. and i said i took the book into him and said i lost you win <laughs> okay what's next <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really amazing i've got goosebumps okay i'm gonna try that <laughs> see a lot of people can a lot of people say that yeah not many people follow yeah. So definitely. my staff members, I give them all the tools that I did and they know this technique yeah. and I left it to them and said, I'm not going to babysit you. It's up mm. to you to decide whether you want to carry on or not going to do it. It's your, your choice. So there you go. If you wanted to achieve something, you can, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I guess just to um, wrap up this part, um, I wanted to ask you like, you know, you've done so many media interviews and you've been covered by so many people. Is there one question you wish someone would ask you hmm. that they haven't? No. No? That's good. So that, that means that's why you're like super prepared for today because <laughs> you've had all the questions answered. But is there something you wish people would ask you? Uh, no, my, because my profile is all online. 
including my telephone numbers, yeah. right? So I, if people ask something, I would just honestly answer what I feel, or what I'm thinking about. Yeah. I don't have any questions. Oh, no. To me, it's like people can ask me anything. And uh, if I don't want to answer, I will tell them I don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. So, you know, I think we started the podcast where you said that um, you were inspired because two of the people on that same day when you were working, they dropped dead. Mm. And, um, you know, that really inspired you. So if something like that were to happen to you now, like 10 years later, would you say you've like achieved what you set out to do? And like, are you living your dream? Like, would you say that you've kind of on the path? How do you of, mean? How do you um, mean? Did I achieve happen? what I wanted to like, achieve? Did you achieve? Yeah, like your bucket list items. Like, you oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original, list. original. Um, yeah, the original mind map. Mind map. That's got achieved within three years. Wow. So I was forced to dream bigger. Okay. So dreaming bigger would would take a lot of energy of your brain because you need yeah. to search something that you don't know. So yeah. literally, you have to start pushing yourself out to you know, not the comfort zone, out of the comfort zone, that's what I mean, to yep. search what I don't know. You need to know something that you don't know so then yep. you can you can make a goal. Yeah. Say, some, for example, I wanted to be, I want to travel. I love traveling, hmm. but I want to get paid to travel. Yeah. Something like that. I didn't, I didn't expect that about, you know, uh, 10 years ago, so I wrote it down to... You know, I didn't think about, say, for example, uh, cruise ship. Yeah. I never thought of working on a cruise ship until somebody mentioned. So I, I, every day I kind of have to open my antennas on and the brains up and see that what else I don't know that I wanted to achieve. Mm. That will help you to grow because you can dream bigger and you can achieve when you dream bigger. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's um that's a really inspirational note to finish on. And now before I let you go, we're going to move into my favorite part of the show, mm. which is five very fast questions about food. So it's called Fast Food 5. Not to do with fast food, fast questions. Mm. You ready? Mm. Okay. Favorite Asian curry of all time? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Quick answer, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so difficult. Uh, okay, I'll go Japanese curry then. Okay, nice. If you were making an emergency kit, you know, for like the tsunami warning we had last week, um, and you could put only one sauce bottle inside the emergency kit, which one would you put? Sauce bottle? Yeah, like soy sauce or like one Asian ingredient. What would you put inside? <sighs> I think it's got to be soy sauce. It's got to be soy sauce. <laughs> And I think soy sauce will be fine, right? Nothing will happen to it either. No. It will just kind of mature and <laughs> taste yeah, better. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't go off anyway. Yeah. All right. So, aside from soy sauce, one ingredient that's always in your pantry: garlic chili oil. Garlic chili oil. Nice. Okay. And um, you know, now you said that you have like you do the seven different regions. You started with Japanese, but now you guys obviously do Thai, Malaysian, all of the other ones. Mm. So what's your number one class that you love to teach? To teach? Yeah. To teach. Or like maybe your like the one cuisine that you still love to teach. 
That's that's difficult question. Like, which one is your favorite child? Kind of question. <laughs> I can't answer that. Okay. I've got too many favorites. Okay. Um, and the one secret to good Asian cooking, like that could be like an ingredient, an equipment, a method. Like, what's what's the secret aside from using small yellow capsicums? Uh, what was what was the question again? What's the secret? Secret to good Asian cooking. Secret to good Asian cooking. Master how to cook rice properly. Yes. That's you important. got to have it, yeah. You have to yeah. cook rice properly. That's step number one. <laughs> That's you know what? I love this because when I started my food blog in 2013, um, so I could always, uh, I could never cook rice in the rice cooker. I only have to cook it the one way, which is like drain out the rice. <laughs> For some reason, I could never cook it inside the rice cooker. So when I started my food blog, how to cook white rice was like the first recipe I put on on the blog. So I think it's like amazing that you shared that part. Because <laughs> I done that during the lockdown, like last year, I created the little bit of the video clip and I put it up on the um, Instagram. So many people commenting on it. I'm like, is this how you actually do it? I said, yeah, I've been doing this since <laughs> when I was seven. <laughs> Glad that you know it now. And it goes, so, but you have to have a really good rice because mm. even my son can taste the difference between the crappy rice and a good rice. And yeah. it has to be cooked properly. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sachi, for coming on the show, um, just sharing your journey. And I know we went off into a lot of um, tangents about visualization yeah, uh, and thinking, <laughs> but I think they were super helpful. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go buy that book. I'll show you. I'll meet you. I'll call you 100 days later. 100 days later. And then kind of, you kind of have to forget about the book. And then, yeah. <laughs> then you kind of look back and I go, oh. so then when you had the oh, moment, just give me a call. Okay, I will do that. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Sachi. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.